0: production you work not a 10-hour day you work significantly longer and you usually work five to six days a week yeah so it is definitely like i think one pandemic illustrated it that everyone was really fucking tired mm. two when production started back up they were promised like shorter hours and safer working conditions because it was already so risky to be going into film right. with the, yeah. with covid and so everyone's like, you know, we're very cog- cognizant of that, and we will make sure everyone's safe. And instead, the work conditions have gotten so much worse. From
1: me winter to open my
2: Everyone, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Irvin.
1: Our guest today is Janie Nicole Stamen. But before we talk to Janie, uh,
2: Kate, what's up? What's up, Nikki?
1: Oh man! Okay, so this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we just finished our interview with Janie, and yeah. we talk. You're going to hear this. We talk a lot about the the strike and iatze and all of this uh and as soon as jenny as soon as jenny left she texted us an article saying that the strike is off yeah so
2: so uh, enjoy the conversation about the socialist worker movement taking hold in america and how it relates to <laughs> film and production knowing that it's not necessarily relevant to an actual strike happening right now (laughs) yes
1: but thank goodness I think it's important like all right just because the strike isn't happening doesn't mean that all of those conditions weren't happening and it's important to make sure that we don't repeat the
2: mistake so and it's good because it it means that I had say got what they were asking for I haven't read the article I didn't read the article that she sent us but theoretically I'm imagining it means that they got a lot of what they're asking for
1: yes yeah so thank goodness okay i haven't talked to you about this i had this uh, an email from my i think this is interesting for people to know how the like you know the sausage and stuff so i had an email from my theatrical agent a couple weeks ago or a week and some change ago that was basically like oh we're not really having much action and i don't i wanted to see what you think about this essentially being like opening up the door to being like hey do you want to drop each other because ah. we're not really like you know he, he he's very kind and of very very nice and you know just like a like a solid dude but also like I wasn't getting auditions from him ever sure. like I I think I got a, a couple in the very beginning that were from the casting director who had gotten me this agent mm-hmm. yeah so it was sort of one of those like oh okay like his his specialty is seems to not really be comedy so it's been interesting because i've had this agent and my like (laughs) my commercial agent has gotten me more like theatrical auditions (laughs) like their commercial agent and I've gone out for more tv shows through them than through your theatrical agent yeah Yeah. and like more voice random voiceover Mm -hmm. auditions and stuff and of course for myself I've gotten more auditions on my end right Um, but not a lot because I still feel I'm still like learning that and how all of that works Mm um so, yeah, it was a, an interesting thing to have to. Oh, but I did want to tell you this other thing. Sorry. I know oh, I'm like, please. I feel like no, I'm talking me. a lot. I've got all I got snooze. nothing.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so through my amazing friend, Candice Candace Candice uh, had two extra tickets to go to the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride. Ooh, yes. Uh, and so she invited me and my boyfriend, Jules and it was with dana gould and lorraine newman oh my god uh, al- along with the of course dana's amazing girlfriend cat agason and then uh, valerie Tossi and uh, a couple other people too but it was so much it was so fun like but it was fascinating because like like dana gould is someone who you know who i've known about since i was a kid and like you know and i'm f- a fan of and now that i like know him as a person. I am, you know, even even more so a fan of him because he is very generous, very kind and like just like a fun person to Mm. be around. And I really appreciate everything he's done for Candace. So like I'm I'm a big fan of him as a person. And it was really cute because I was like, oh, you know, we're going to go hang out with Dana Gould. And oh, my gosh, Lorraine Newman, like, of course, like oh she's amazing she's the the, the original cast member of SNL and uh what was very cute was seeing how Dana was fangirling to Lorraine oh (laughs) like he was like just like right by her side the whole time like like he that was his like childhood he was a fan Mm -hmm. of hers growing up and like oh it's like for him he's getting to hang out with his one of his heroes and seeing like he was kind of like trying to impress her and it was like adorable like uh yeah it was very very cute that's adorable i love that yes it was oh my god uh yeah now i feel like i'm bragging a little bit about it but whatever it's not like I did anything I was just like friends with Candace anyways it doesn't matter (laughs) and I guess I was uh I did enough to like not be a a like a crazy person that right. you'd be like
2: oh no you can't come like- no i have friends that are not allowed to come to things so <laughs> you know <laughs> like i there are people in my life who i'm like mm, no you don't nobody knows that we're friends and that's staying that way <laughs> just kidding i love all my friends i love all my friends
1: yes just yes, kidding. yes it's fine even um, the one in the in the basement you don't like him yeah, out no mm-hmm. uh, uh
2: what's going on What's happening with you? Oh, God. What is happening with me? Uh, Abate and I are almost finished with our web series. We wrote almost the entire thing. We have one episode left. Oh, shit. We're going to be, like, trying to get some notes on that. Okay. Um, Oh, I... So I am going to be performing coming up here, but not really. Don't get too excited. Okay. Okay. So one of my very closest friends from college, Jader, they do a lot of drag performance and they just moved to LA like right before the pandemic, but before they were living in the Bay area and did a lot of drag stuff up there. So, and like through parties, they like were mostly throwing like nightclub parties up there. And so they're going to throw a party down here october 29th it's like a halloween themed drag party in in k-town i don't remember the name of the bar i'll have to look it up they are doing a drag performance and they have asked me to perform like backup for them in their (gasps) drag performance yeah so i'm very I like it's not gonna be like a thing i think i'm wearing a mask but i'm like excited to like be on stage like i'm beyond excited to be on stage oh my gosh are you gonna be dancing Uh, no, I mean, it is choreographed, but it's going to be like, it's like, uh, uh, I'm like trying to kill them. So Uh it's like, going to be like this choreographed series of maneuvers. And even though it is like, I mean, it's not my performance. I'm literally just like backing up my very close friend. I'm again, I'm so, I'm like, I want to be on stage and then I get free drinks after (laughs) that's going to be dope. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also excited to like, go to a drag party in K-Town. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll quarantine for a few days afterwards to make sure I didn't get the Delta or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Oh,
1: that's great. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I know. Dip um, those little toes in, get back out there. I think it'll help me because I have been, um, like window watching everybody via Instagram, <sighs> performing at open mics and stuff and doing stand up again. And I'm like, like i'm like almost ready to like pull the trigger and just like do it you know what i mean like the numbers are low enough like i'm hearing less and less about breakthrough cases i'm like okay i'm like ready like to start doing this again i miss it enough and i was sort of like biding my time because the pack was supposed to come back in september and i was like whatever you know i'll just like kind of wait and then now it's like the pack might come back next year right (laughs) do I want to wait that long to like get on stage I really don't want to wait that long yeah yeah so (sighs) I'm like getting ready I think this will be a nice like sort of like icebreaker into like being at a bar with like people and you know like being like oh this is what it feels like to like do this again you can do this This yeah scary (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that's great I I think it's really good that you know, you, you kind of stick to your own like comfort level and mm-hmm. you don't feel like, all right, oh, I feel FOMO, I feel pressured to get out there and do stuff because I see all these other people. It's like, you're not, you're not like wasting time or anything. Yeah. It's not like, like, that's like the uh, craziest thing is like, I guess it's not that crazy, but like, that's the thing is that it's, you're not wasting time by not going out there. Yeah, And what what's more important is that when you do that, you're ready and that you can, yeah give it your all and and put your yourself into it
2: yeah and feel good about
1: like being there yeah yeah if the whole time you're just like stressed out yeah then exactly what's, what's the point yeah
2: speaking of stress uh louis ck is doing a show at the hollywood improv this <sighs> week i think it this uh is happening or yes this happened last week yeah so yeah yeah
1: uh I almost don't even want to, like, just... I don't even want to talk about it because I'm just like... Oh.
2: This is rough. This, the trans Netflix employee who leaked the data about the Dave Chappelle special, yes. like, actually costing Netflix more money than it made them. Um, that's what happened. This person leaked inter- internal data that showed that Netflix... Not only that Dave Chappelle's show, co- like, that special cost them more than it made them by, like, $6 million, but also that they like invested more resources into it and it like reached a lesser audience than it, like it didn't break even in terms of how much they spent to reach an audience and the audience it reached versus Bo Burnham's Inside, which they spent almost nothing on and made them far more money than they spent on it. And they, uh, it had, it like, reached an audience of like triple the size versus what they invested into audience reach on it. Yeah. So like, <sighs> cause like the whole thing, like Netflix tried to be like, you know, like he had a voice and we're like, you know, comedy is supposed to be subversive and push boundaries and blah, blah, blah. Like when the, you know, that's the Netflix co-CEO said. And so I think this person's point was like, yes, but then you have this very like woke PC special that reached a lot of people and outperformed the Dave Chappelle, Chappelle special right like, infinitely and cost you less money right so why are we still giving these people with these horrible ideas all of this money to say these horrible things <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and then you them know? like kind of like uh you know digging their heels in yeah. and just like yeah and it, you know it's tough because I also oh, like I, I understand how important Chappelle is yeah. like, you know, Chappelle is very Im- important to, to so many people, yeah. um, so many comedians and, and, you know, so many black people. Uh, so it's, you know, it's tough cause you like, Oh, like you, you want to give some grace there and be like, you know, you don't want to tear somebody down who, uh, is a struggle who, who has struggled and who is the voice of so many voiceless people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is so frustrating that, you know, that subject material and and those sort of like that
2: mentality that gets shared and it's, it's hurtful. It is punching down. Like there is no excuse for punching down in comedy. These are conversations we've had so many times as comedians that it feels weird to me that we're still having them in a way. Yeah. How have we not already decided like, no, this isn't, you just don't like attack people who are struggling for basic human rights. Like yeah. you just don't do that. Yeah. Like this person was trying to, you know, kind of bring some light to the situation in terms of like what the financials actually were and they're a black trans employee of Netflix who lost their job over this. I think the thing that pisses me off consistently is this idea that cancel culture is real and exists and the people that get canceled actually suffer any consequences from it. Right. Who got canceled? Louis CK he's headlining fucking the Hollywood improv. Get out of my face. (laughs) Right. Oh oh boo hoo hoo you're not like a
1: a a hero in the Majority of everybody's eyes anymore. Right. Like, that's your cancellation. Like, okay, you have to deal with some accountability, or at the very least, just people not liking you anymore. Heaven forbid. Yes. <laughs> like, it fucking happens. Ugh. Uh, mm. But you know who I will always <laughs> like? <laughs> Janine. Janine. Oh. Jenny Nicole Samen. Uh Hi. 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 Uh, so Jenny is a, an actress, a, a writer, a comedian, and she was on the sketch team, very famous at the Pack Theater, amongst other many amazing things that she has done. She's also a producer. It produced the Nikki Urban show. Oh my goodness. There. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> um, jenny it's so great to have you and get to talk to you and, and kind of find out more about your early
0: beginnings yes thank oh. you for having me i've been waiting to be asked oh, <laughs> sure. i was like i was like watching the list of comedians going i was like they got to come to me eventually <laughs> oh my god oh my i gosh, know right yes.
2: yay i was like i don't
0: want to seem thirsty but i really want to do it <laughs> <laughs>
2: It yeah. is. It's so great to have you. We talk to all kinds of people. Some people who know Nikki better. Some people who know me a little bit better. But like, I love it when it's somebody that like we all like know each other. So yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. And Hell it's yeah. also been like two and a half years
0: since I've seen, seen you. Yeah, because oh, the
2: pandemic. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's been a long. time. I feel
0: like I saw you at some protests.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Very Actually, briefly. JK, that is a lie. Yeah, I saw you. At that that's some not really protests. like. That's not what really like same?
0: a hangout catch up no. session.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> no. Got chaotic yeah. real fast. too. Hey? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And I last saw you at the Frendo show. Yeah, uh, which Fren- felt like real life, which yeah. nice. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay. But yeah. also weird life. Like, I felt I felt so socially awkward that whole oh, night yeah, yeah. where I was like, hey, it's so good to see you. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, it's like,
0: don't leave my side because I'm not going to be able to make small talk with other people. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah, get it back, bizarre. right?
2: I hope we'll, so. We'll learn
0: how to be social. It's yeah. like homeschool kids. They eventually, like, learn the social skills <laughs> when they have to, like, <laughs> yeah. go to college. Like, we just have to be reintroduced into society okay. i'm just gonna have to do a bunch of acid yeah.
1: <laughs> oh hey i'm here for this <laughs> yeah yeah okay
0: let's just go to a park get all like 70 performers that mm-hmm. we like yeah. to do a bunch of acid and just like clear this slate yeah you're yeah. like all right we're back yeah <laughs> oh man someone would die <laughs> like, <God. laughs> someone's it's gonna not wander happy. into the forest and yeah. be lost forever 100 percent.
1: so you've been you've been working like throughout the whole pandemic like yeah. doing production
0: work right yeah actually working more in the pandemic than i did before the pandemic Whoa. wow um I, do you think it is i think a lot of people left yeah i think uh. people were like oh production's hard and I'm tired and now that I've stopped doing it I physically can't go back to it so I think a lot of people moved out of Los Angeles and so I we were down for like the first two and a half months and then things started filming again and like since then I like haven't had a day off and I've been like Admittedly, like triple dipping jobs and like quad dipping jobs, wow, <laughs> like, because the city's so booked and like people will know. I'll be like, hey, listen, like I'm doing these other two things, but if you need me, like I can come on. And they're like, that's fine, we don't care.
2: Oh dang! <laughs> wow. Okay, like, so they don't even. They're like, look, yeah, yeah, whatever. we, we need bodies. Do, do, what you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think it's because I'm really good at my job, but it's mostly just because there's no humans that can do the job. I 100% though believe that you are very good at your job. I'm yeah, super having good you work yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, worked for me. You yeah, can't I've, see my air quotes. <laughs> having, quote, worked. No, I, I mean, ran a real
2: loose ship at the theater. You were my favorite boss I've ever had. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, uh, so uh, listeners, uh, Jenny was also a. Um, house manager at the pack theater and so considering it was like oh we're all like it's all volunteers it's like you really kept a, yeah. kept a tight yes ship on that it so, takes yeah. a lot
0: of people to run that theater yeah. we're, it's a pretty big theater we did a lot of shows it was a very ambitious lineup i and think and it's like a
2: rowdy bunch <laughs> you know yeah I mean? of unruly people who do not want to be told to be quiet yeah.
0: oh, no. yeah. or to clean up after themselves yes. or to run on time uh, or to,
1: to <laughs> or to even sit in a seat during a show uh-huh. yeah. Or to like,
0: have their tech ready beforehand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the number of times every I, I started getting like really hard ass with that, like when I would be training new people. I was like, if they don't show up with tech that's on them. Mm-hmm. You do not yeah. have to fix this for them. Mm-mm. They should have figured it out. Yeah. You can walk away. <laughs> like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, you <laughs> yeah. are not building someone's show for them 10 minutes before it's supposed to start. Oh my
2: gosh. Which happens. Constantly. Oh, so all the time. Constantly. That Comedians. It was crazy.
0: We are not yep. reliable. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Oh my no. gosh. <laughs> we
1: do not do the homework. <laughs> yeah. It it's amazing, too. Like, uh, seeing. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. They have, like, the, the comedy co-op that's, like, happening. UC, like, a oh. lot of UCB people have oh. created the comedy co-op, which is essentially kind of what the pack was doing, where it was like, oh, we're all sort of doing it together, except, like, they have they put more con- control in the hands of everybody mm-hmm. involved, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm like, kudos to y'all. I hope you can do it, because <laughs> I know us comedians. Yeah. A- we're not the best at business,
2: No, so I really
0: hope, I'm wishing the best for them. Yeah. We need someone at the helm
2: yeah. of that thing. Yeah. I mean, it's good they're
0: doing it. Like, yeah. that's, I think that's one of the better systems is, like, a cooperative. I mean, because the PAC was basically a cooperative. Like, yeah. everyone has to be equally invested in it, or, yeah. like, the place is going to fall apart, or mm-hmm. people are going to be resentful. And right. just like a co-op, nobody was making money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly. No. It, was, it was a red line. Like. <laughs> but, yeah, like... You know, you're either going to have something like what UCB was, which was one person making a ton of money and everyone feeling like they've been used, or a bunch of people making no money and, like, being, like, is this what it's supposed to be? Like, there's no <laughs> – Yeah, I don't think there's ever I – maybe mean, maybe I'm a pessimist, but I don't think there's any comedy business model that's, like, yeah, everyone gets paid, everyone's doing well, it's very well organized, right? Yeah. everyone's getting equal opportunities. Like, I think it's just there's, you know, 500 performers that want stage time and, mm-hmm. like, people don't want to pay money to see live shows ever, yeah. which is a bummer because – they should be putting on a show. They're but. like,
2: oh, it's L.A., I can see Sarah Silverman for
0: $35, yeah. so I
2: should be able to see Amateur Comedians for $0.
0: Yeah, why would right. I pay 15 to see some Joe Schmo yeah. person I don't know when I could pay 25 and see literally Sarah Silverman? And you're like, yeah. oh, that's, I mean, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess. Or $5. You, yeah. Sarah Silverman for $5. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. she would just drop in.
0: Drop UC, in on things. You see me all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's not fair. There's too much competition. I know. That's what we moved here for, though, yeah. right?
2: Because it would be hard. Yeah.
1: The stress. Uh, but we're not here to talk about silver <laughs> Silverman or, <laughs> or any of that. We're here to talk about... Jenny. Uh, so Jenny, did you, you grew up in Sacramento? Is that? Yeah,
0: kind of. Um, I was born in Seattle, moved to the California area when I was like five and like hopped around. By the time I was like 18, I'd lived in like 38 different houses. Oh, whoa. We, we moved a lot. Um, but I grew up in like the Grass Valley area. And then senior year moved to Sacramento and then after I graduated, went to San Francisco for a few years and then back to Sacramento and then ended up in L.A. Oh. So kind of hopped around. Where in San Francisco did you live? Um, I scored. I was in like right, by all the strip clubs, basically. Really? It was like right where like Chinatown, Financial District and Little Italy, all like North Beach, all me. Yes. And we had a three bedroom apartment. And it was $2,000 a month rent. Oh so God. I had my own bedroom for six seventy five dollars a month, Whoa. which in San Francisco now, that sounds like I'm making it up. Like oh, it, you can't yeah. even comprehend that. And like looking back at it now, the rent I played in paid in San Francisco is less than rent I've paid anywhere else in my entire life. And that's absurd because I'm sure yeah. now that same spot is like – a month for a three-bedroom like I don't even I can't even do the math what year was that 2006 okay I moved in 2009 like right before everything like exploded and I'm like if I had stayed I feel like I could have rented the other two bedrooms out each for like a thousand bucks paid the whole rent and like live for free oh my god 100% (laughs) which like probably would have made me feel bad but also I would have been very comfortable I would have been a fucking landlord (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) I would have been a landlord shamming another landlord but like no but it's so okay so
2: funnily enough I also paid the least money I've ever paid in rent in San Francisco but that's because I lived in like a shitty rent control department in like on 6th and Howard Ooh, yeah 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 yeah. real stabby vibes real stabby vibes (laughs) and it was like this one dude Dude had lived there for like 12 years and just like a friend of mine was living there and then and so they had like someone move moving in. out so I like moved in. That's the move. But I paid like 575. But it was worth 575. Yeah, yeah. You know? It is I mean. still <laughs> worth only 575. Yeah. Did you do comedy up there at all?
0: I actually didn't. I was there for fashion design. Oh. Um and I didn't get into comedy until I was 30. 30. So I got into comedy in Sacramento um, and then did it for a year and then accidentally moved to Los Angeles. So I moved a little bit sooner than I would have wanted as far as like where I was at comedy wise. Mm -hmm. Mm Okay. But like was like, all right, well, this is my opportunity. So I'm going to take it. I'll just figure it out down there. So what got you, what got you then into comedy? Like what? (laughs) Oh, this is really fun. So I was like 30 and I hated my life in Sacramento and I was like, I'm boring and everything's stressful and everything sucks. And I was like... (gasps) I'm going to move to Los Angeles. I'm just gonna, like going to quit my job right now and I'm going to move to Los Angeles and I'm going to become a celebrity and I'm going to be <laughs> a star because I want to be an actress and this is a really good plan. I was like, except for I don't think I'm hot enough to be an actual actress so I should probably do comedy because like you can be a little like, quirky looking and also like people tell me I'm very funny and then I was like, hey, maybe don't, like set your life on fire for a thing you've never done like (laughs) maybe like try a comedy class and like see how that goes and see if you even like doing it like you've never performed comedy you don't know if you're into it yeah and so there was a theater up there called the comedy spot which, hey. Shout out, Brian Kroll. Yeah, yeah, Brian Kroll, comedy spot. <laughs> um, Jeff Sloniker yeah. is why I found the pack, because he started out at the comedy spot with Brian. Hey. And um, so I took improv there and was like, oh, I'm really good at it and I love it. Okay, great. So, like, I can do this and I'll do comedy and figure that out. And then did it, like, had just made a house team there, like, their version of the mess hall team, I okay. think. Okay. Hmm. Um, did two shows and then moved to LA. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, well, okay. You're like, well, I did it. So <laughs> yeah, I guess obviously I I'm, out here. I'm great. I've gotten all I can get out of Sacramento. Bye. <laughs> were you, were you like acting before? Were you performing? No, I did um, drama for one year in high school. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Um, and then I did like, when I was younger, I did like choir and then bailed on that. But um, yeah, hadn't performed so like, it was all again. Why I did not just like set my life on fire and move to Los Angeles to be an actress was like you've never even acted. Like, <laughs> you have done nothing. Like when you are in drama in high school, when you were 13, you played like the narrator of like the Snow Queen, which isn't even acting. That's just reading. Like, yes. so I was like, mm, maybe like see if you can do it before yeah. you that's, come down. Oh, that's so. Yeah. I love that. But yeah. you,
1: you've been here in LA, and you've been doing you you've been doing comedy. You've been performing for. Now it's been how many years? Five. Five? Just like, over. Yeah. yeah. If you make it past like your first three years and you like don't move
0: back home, yeah. I feel like that's a pretty good sign. I, I was like, I gave myself the one year. I was like, if you yeah. can make it past the first year, you can probably survive Los Angeles. And the job I moved down here for, the company went under one month before I hit the one year mark and I was like, oh I'm fucked. Like, oh, oh, I was so close. It was like right in my grasp. And like now I've lost my job and I'm gonna have to leave town. And I was like, fuck. Did you feel like it was like a sign? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm cursed. Like I have to go back home now. And thankfully I like fell into doing freelance production thanks to Maria mostly. Yeah. And like um Maria Felix, who's also a great female comedian. Um oh we have had her on the podcast. Mm (laughs) Yes. And so um Started working steadily, and then it wasn't an issue, and I got to stay. So that nice. was nice. I was yeah. like, oh, good. I've th- I definitely thought, like, as soon as the company went under, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be another L.A. cliché. I've made it the one year and just, boop, have yeah. to go back to Sacramento to nothing. Which is like, fine. I mean, yeah.
1: I think people try it out all the time. And yeah. yeah. Like, oh,
2: okay. That There's sucks. nothing wrong with it. Can I have you sit closer to the mic? Yes. Yes, thank you okay. <laughs> Um. So what What
1: did uh, – okay, so – you you got here. Did you immediately start getting into comedy or did you
0: take some time to like? I like, the first out. thing I did was signed up for a class at UCB. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. I was like, I don't want to lose momentum. Good you know, thing. like I just made a house team. Um, and so I signed up for 101 Improv at UCB, which the club I'm from, Bless you, the Comedy Spot, is a uh, step for step. Like, remake of the UCB curriculum. Oh, it is exactly the same. Okay. So, that was good because I knew it, you at least. Knew I knew it. the yeah. Herald. Liked the class, but like, UCB has that cold feeling. And like, almost everyone in my class was like actors who were there because their agents told them to take it, yeah. didn't really want to yeah. do comedy, like, didn't want to like, yeah, yeah didn't want to like do an indie team or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so, I was like, oh, this isn't that great. And then, saw um, Brian Claw came down to see the Midnight Show with Jeff, and they had an extra ticket, so they made me go. And changed my life. I was like, oh, well, this is exactly what I do for the rest of my life. I want to be the uh, fucking Midnight Show. And that's yeah. why everyone who ended up at the pack is there because they want to be the fucking Midnight Show. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it and is. It's fine. <laughs> and Jeff had like hung out with us beforehand. And he's like, well, I teach a character class at this theater. Like you should come take it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do, any- I'll do anything you do. Like whatever you tell me to do, I'm on board. And it turned out the pack was like five blocks from my house. Oh. And oh, so I was nice. like, oh, well, this is convenient. Like, it's walking distance. That's great. Yeah. And then, like, I just never left. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a creature of convenience. So I was like, well, everything else is I have to drive <laughs> and find parking? No.
2: <laughs> I am so glad that it worked out, though, because as I was saying before we started recording, and I am going to say it again now for our listeners, I think Janine's comedy, like, I think you're so funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I. When I started teching at the pack before I got on a the team there, when I was just taking classes, I, like, very famous was my favorite team. I got to tech some of your guys' shows. And you guys did – I'm trying to remember now. It was a show that, like, it blew my mind because it was, like, themed and
0: it did, like, a whole – I wonder which one – you know, anytime we did an actual theme, it was accidental. Like oh, really? It was one of those things where, like, we'd realize that, like – we turned in a bunch of sketches that were all about car dealerships or something and we're like, okay. oh, okay, well like let's how do we tie this together?
2: You guys did some really
0: cool stuff. And yeah. then you had
2: like really cool visual tricks. Like you just did really cool experimental Thank like you guys you. were always pushing envelopes with your
0: guys' comedy. Tragically, I mean they were no they were no longer a team before a pandemic hit. They will always be like that like one that got away but for comedy like yeah. I don't think anything will ever compare to like doing very famous and I'm probably the only person on the team that feels that way <laughs> oh,
1: I doubt it I highly <laughs> I think doubt there's it. like a handful of people so
0: good. I mean yeah. we were, I felt we were a very good team and I loved what we did and like a very famous show was the best night of the month every month but like I mean, every team has their drama, and we had drama. Um, and I think people got tired after two years. They're like, yeah. I just can't with sure. With it's with hard the interpersonal you're like, conflicts. Yeah, when yeah. you put on
1: a when you're put on a team like that, you're you're not really choosing the people, and no matter how yeah. much how well you work together, like, it's always it's hard. hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're it's like a real roll of the dice if like you're yeah. going to end up working well together at all. We were totally. lucky that we worked as well as we did. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've told this to Kevin Noonan, who is by far my favorite member of Very Famous, and I've gone on record, so I feel like he's saying that on a podcast, because <laughs> yeah. um, he's the funniest human. He's, oh my he's God, dude, so yeah. funny. Like, Everything he says uh, is funny. I, like, it, like he'll just say like, hello, and I will be like in stitches. Yeah. And <laughs> it is embarrassing how much I respect what he does, Yeah, I've fangirled his- on him hard a lot at bars. <laughs> where I'm like, listen, I just need to know that like, like if I had like 2 million dollars, like I would just like <laughs> give it to you to do a TV show. And I don't think that's how TV shows work, but like I would I just want you to like do a show and then you don't have to cast me, but, like, I would love it. But I feel like there's probably better people. But, like, you're very funny. But, like, I've told him repeatedly, like, if I could throw, like, thousands of dollars at a problem and just put up a very famous show, like, this month, I fucking would do it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I could get any of the team to Maybe, like, half. Like oh, I bet really? I could get half.
2: It's so funny. So, like, right at the end of the season that we were on together, the show fell on my birthday. So I invited a bunch of friends and family. They all came. And the sketch... Everybody still talks about that. Saw that show is like the real grandparents of the Inland Empire. Oh
0: yes, I loved that sketch. That and like R- written by Nate Johnson. My show yeah. and talked, talked about, about that.
2: none of my so hurtful. <laughs> You're
0: like guys, I was
2: there. Did you like anything I, I did? Was like, it is my birthday, and <laughs> I wrote one of those. But <laughs> sure, let's talk about the other team. No, but I like couldn't be mad, you know, because yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's hilarious. That, that was a was very great. fun yeah. sketch. Uh,
0: I do think that sketch caused some drama on the team, but no, oh, way. yeah. Wait, I don't want to really reveal too much like personal info, but someone was mad because they were from the Inland Empire and they thought oh. it was very derogatory towards them. And I was like, oh, like you had weeks to say something. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, oh, wow. I've
2: never heard of Riverside Pride, but I'll yeah. take it. Um, no, also, just... it was so funny. It's so funny. And
0: like the beat of be like
2: laugh at yourself Kevin Noonan
0: bit. is like the DJ in the background just constantly shouting bang and us having to drink <laughs> bang energy drinks over and over again. <laughs> Fucking priceless. Uh, nothing wrong with that's that. It's a great sketch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was Nate Johnson. He's very funny. Very yeah. handsome. Very funny. So, so elephant in the room is it the elephant in the room i don't know you work production
2: and work we production. are staring down this will come out it's not going to come out this week it's going to come out next week so we'll be a weekend a week into the strike yeah i mean by the time this comes out if the strike happens, happens yeah you still have is to. It maybe not happening the deadline's monday the, right they
0: have to like make changes by monday or they strike monday okay. so there is in theory negotiations happening during the weekend that might make it so a strike doesn't happen everything i've heard is like no the strike's definitely happening they're never going to agree to anything that anyone wants so the strike is on and just be prepared to like strike on monday dang um yeah god forbid those
1: executives make (laughs) you know less than a bagillion dollars. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I read a great tweet today that was like, just take note of how quickly Disney settled with Scarlett Johansson for literal millions and how, like, long they're dragging their feet on giving production staff, like, b- breaks. Yes. Yes. Food. Lunch
0: breaks and a 10-hour day. <sighs> yeah. Which, yeah. in any other industry... Is still criminal. It's still yes. criminal. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. You uh, can't require 10-hour days out of people. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Right? I mean, like, there's industries that do it, but you work a four-day week. Right. Yeah. And in production, you work not a 10-hour day. You work significantly longer, and you usually work five to six days a week. Yeah. So it is definitely, like, I think, one, pandemic illustrated it, that everyone was really fucking tired. Mm. Two, when production started back up, they were promised – like shorter hours and safer working conditions because it was already so risky to be going into film right. with the yeah. with covid and so everyone's like you know we're very cog- cognizant of that and we will make sure everyone's safe and instead the work conditions have gotten so much worse days have gotten longer they're cramming more stuff in is that because they have less staff on hand or you know i think the Crew size is now the same. I know originally they were trying to keep crew sizes smaller just to keep exposure smaller. And from what I've gathered, crew sizes are back to normal. But... the logistics of filming in COVID is so much more complicated that it just takes longer to do everything and so with like temperature checks in the morning COVID testing in the morning limited amount of people that can be in a space at one time like having to like have one person that deals with everyone instead of multiple people because of like contact tracing and stuff like it's just increased the workload and it's the same thing with like you can't just swap out a crew member. You know, if like you have an like something comes up, you could just call in your best boy and he would switch out for you and like fill in your shift. Mm-hmm. You can't do that because someone has to be tested. Yeah. Right. So anytime something comes up and a change needs to happen, it's so much more complicated to execute that change. Gotcha. So days have just gotten insane. Um, I'm from the commercial world, which is different than the film and television world, which is what is striking right now. And there's a lot of similarities um, but like one of the major things is tv was always supposed to be the shorter shifts like that's why you went into television mm-hmm. is you know a commercial you prep for two weeks you shoot for two days and then you're done so you've got two days on set you've got two long days in theory you're prepping your wrap prep are very normal days okay television you're shooting for 30 to 40 days so you in theory, do shorter shoot days because everyone will burn out at that rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done, like, an eight-day commercial, and at the end of the eighth day, it's was like, I'm going to die. Like, being on set at, like, 4 a.m. and yeah. not getting home until, like, 10 or 11 at night, oh eight days in a row really, like, wipes you. And so... It's like oh yeah like TV's really hard cuz you're filming more days but they do 10s. They they only do 10s so it's more manageable. Like you've got like some regularity and that has basically gone away in pandemic. Yeah. And I don't mm. I don't know how it was before pandemic cuz I hadn't worked TV in pand- before pandemic, but I've done a TV show in pandemic and it was like 12 to 14s and like yeah. working your weekends and like everyone was just grinding and like way longer days than like or equally as long days as commercials, but we were filming for three or four months. And so it's like, oh, my God, by the end of this, like, you've lost your mind. Oh, my God, right? Yeah. People are getting injured. People are, like, burnt. People are, like, fucking threatening to walk off because they're like, I'm over it.
2: People, (laughs) like, have heart attacks on
0: set, right? I've heard crazy stories about people having heart attacks on set. Yeah, the the IA Stories Instagram
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: does – I mean, people who are contributing stories have been in the industry for, like, decades. And I Mm -hmm. know that, like, in theory – I think we were better, and then worse, and then better again, and now we're worse again. Like as far as working conditions go, that's
2: humanity in yeah. general, right? <laughs> so there's
0: there's definitely stories that are happening that were from like the '80s and things like mm, that. Okay, but like there's also a lot of current ones that are like, right. uh, I've known PAS that have crashed their cars on their way home or like on their way Aww. in in the morning because Aww. they've worked such They're long hours. So tired. And like, I know I've worked a commercial where like, like two of the people got in a car crash on their way in because there was such bad flooding on the 405 to Long Beach that like oh. their cars got submerged and we're still like filming on the beach and like we've got a techno crane that's going to blow over at any second but like we've spent thousands of dollars to bring this crane out so we want to get the shot with it. Yeah. So like leave the camera on it if we can put the crane up and get this shot from above we're going to do it but like it might also just blow over and like crush someone. Oh my <laughs> like God. we have to be prepared for both like both <laughs> oh. contingencies. Um, we talked about this some before like everyone's kind of at their burnout point in all Mm -hmm. industries so a bunch of different unions are striking yeah IOTC just happens to be like one of the biggest unions so when they do it it will be noticed because 60,000 people when the WGA striked it was noticeable right because it went on for so long but like
2: Do you feel like this is going to go on for a long time?
0: I could see the strike going on for a very long time. There's a lot of powerful people with a lot of money that don't want to lose some money. Right. So they can sit on things. There's also a lot of very skilled people that can do these union jobs that aren't in the union yet. Okay. Whether or not they choose to do those jobs, that's on them. Um, Don't scab. Yeah, don't be a fucking scab, guys. God. And there's already like guides coming out telling people how not to be a scab like yeah um apparently like networks are already contacting like film schools trying to hire yeah. students to do stuff and it's like please don't please report this to your like professors like mm-hmm. what we're doing will benefit you in the long run this isn't your big break that you don't need to take this opportunity to like get into the industry like right. please sit this out um i know that people have been passing ones around for like people that are in writing rooms because writers of the wga they're not striking but the writers' rooms are staffed with IATSE members, so like, like writers' assistants, writers' and stuff, assistants, right? script supervisors—they're all IATSE. And so there's like guidelines, like, "Hey, if someone's asking you to take like minutes at the meeting, don't, because you will be a scab. Like yes. you are not IATSE, oh. but it's also not your job to take these notes. It is the writers' assistants, and by you doing it, you are now crossing doing, the picket line. Yeah, You're doing right. the job of someone who's on strike." Um, which didn't even occur to me. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like you, yeah. like you can't take notes. Yeah, okay, take... I mean, I guess that makes sense. Right, that's, that's like bananas. Somebody's actual
2: job yeah. is to be in there
1: taking those notes. Yeah. So now showrunners are gonna have to pick up the slack of of things mm-hmm. and like. You know, hopefully they're, you know, they're the people of, like, the direct line,
2: hopefully, to the executives. Yeah. Being like, hey, we, like, we really need these people. Yeah. Yeah. We We need them back.
0: Well, and, you know, at a certain point, too, it doesn't even matter. Like, if the writers' rooms are getting through their scripts and there's no one to film them. Because right. right. the entire yes. crew is yeah. Iotzi. yeah. Like you've got the DGA, so you've got a director and like an AD, but you don't have someone to hold the lights right? <laughs> or the camera or the, sound. Or the outfits. Yeah. or like, you know, so, like yeah. At some point you can keep churning out scripts, but there's no one to make them. Yeah. So totally, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, I love drama, so I'm like on board and I want this to like last for a long time <laughs> because I'm hoping it's effective and I want like workers yeah. to get the rights and get living wages. And like I know one of the big things – and I think this might be one of the reasons why the other unions are willing to throw their hat into the ring. Because any the thing that will tank a strike is other unions not supporting it. Mm. And this one has almost all of the, like, related unions have their back. Like, right. SAG has stepped up and the WGA has stepped up and they're like, yeah, we support this. Um, the reason people are willing to throw their hats into it is the new media thing. Yeah. Which is oh. which is the Scarlett Johansson thing that you're talking right. about. Yeah. Um, new media is such a hot topic and new media affects all the unions, not just mm-hmm. IATSE. Yeah. Because when new media first came out, which new media is things like, it's like videos on Comedy Central on online, but it's also Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and Apple TV and uh, there's probably like basically eight more. anything direct to Paramount right? Plus. Yeah, yeah, anything that goes direct to streaming. When that first came out, they didn't know what it was. They didn't know it would be successful. Like when Netflix first started doing their originals, they were like, "Hmm, this is like a real roll of the day. We don't know if people will like this and we'll make money on it." And so it's lower wages. It's like significantly lower wages than like the scale for things that are considered new media are much lower than things that are considered for network TV or feature film. Mm. And so because it was under this experimental thing and there's a lot of things in production that haven't caught up with new media because it was so new. But it's been around forever now and it's doing great. And it's the majority it's of the winning TV awards. We watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people at this point almost exclusively watch streaming. Mm-hmm. Even if they have like TV, they're usually watching it via a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Um so it's not experimental anymore and it's making them oodles of money and they aren't passing that down. And there's a lot of loopholes that they can do where if you're a TV show, if you're a new TV show and your first episode premieres online a week before it premieres on the network, you are considered new media. Oh,
2: my God. And they don't have
0: to pay those, the network rates, even though it is a network show and it will be airing its entirety on the network. Right. Oh. It is considered new media, and everyone gets those lower rates, including the SAG actors, yeah. including the writers, including IATSE members. So that's the big... I think that's why everyone's throwing their hat in the ring because they want to deal with the new media issue. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, definitely. I know. It's crazy. It's just like, it's insane to me. But yeah, people who are in charge will find a way to like, you know, scrape those
0: dollars and cents and screw people who work for them over to do so at any chance they get. I will say that I think IATSE stories is one of the main reasons that this movement has gotten traction because people are finally talking about things. And when you see it written down, you're like, oh, yeah, that was bad. Like, when you're living it, you're like, yeah, that's fine. I had a a crazy day, but, like, tomorrow won't be as bad, maybe. And then when you see it, you're like, no, this is, like, systematic abuse that we've been dealing with, and, like, we're all fucking traumatized, and we all have, like, chronic conditions that we can't, like, survive because we've been putting up with this for so long. And you're like oh, okay, I should, like, make some changes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that was unsustainable. But, yeah. like, I mean, even just, like, the sh- one of the shoots I did recently, and I don't want to, like, name any shoots, but I did a shoot in the last couple months where the schedule, like, the way the project was bid, it was a commercial, the way it was scheduled and bid and, like, priced out was a two-day shoot where the shoot day was 14 hours, which that should be – 14 hours should be what you're hitting when you've, like, messed up your day yeah. and something has gone awry. That yeah. should not be the plan. And it was a planned 14, which at a planned 14, that means all of the regular crew are there for 14 hours. That means all of the, like, pre-call people, which is production and PAs and, like, catering, are there, like, an hour 16. and a half below yeah. and then an hour after. So it is, like, closer to 16 or 18 for production when everyone else is working a 14. And it's like, okay, well, you guys already knew you had basically 28 hours of footage you needed to get. It's why you did two schedule 14s. Why is that not three 10-hour day, yeah. days? Yeah. Why did you not set aside 30 hours? You've got a cushion to, like, do some, like, creative B-roll if you want for, yeah. like, two hours. Yeah. You should have scheduled this as three 10-hour days, not two 14-hour days. Yeah. And, like, they default to the longer day because this is something that I saw in IOTC stories. Um, talent. I was gonna say because talent,
2: talent. dictates a lot of this. The schedules, digits, like what mm-hmm. they have room for, and it's honestly
0: not like the talent. It is the people handling talent. Ah. Like I don't think talent is aware. I don't think Kristen Bell's like. Uh, cognizant of the fact that like these are what's being asked of them, you know. Like right. I, right. I, she was not involved with this. I just want to say that was the first celebrity name I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the Iyatsi
2: stories, not to like throw the rock under the bus. But I'm d- gonna do it, and I'll fight you, sir. I. Swear. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this story where somebody was like doing like a promo shoot where The Rock was on it, and because of his schedule, things got tight, and he was like, "It's fine, we'll we'll work through lunch." Yeah. Do
1: you um do you have any like advice for like people the,
0: the talent? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, okay, so this is something I've thought about, and I don't know if this is a thing but like Drew Barrymore has her own production company. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. is also very well known for being like a super kind person. Like mm-hmm. her productions mm-hmm. like everyone always talks about one of the great things about working with her is like the catering. Like she goes all out on the food, which is like the one thing that productions try. Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. well, you know, the days long but like we've got really good food. Yeah, and like if yeah. you're on a shoot that has bad food, then you're on a really bad shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the yeah. food's the one like like the uh, thing peace they'll spend offering. some money. Yeah. yeah. Um But, like, Drew Barrymore's a producer and, like, a fucking showrunner, and she's been in this industry for decades, and she's very smart. Like, I would love to see what her schedules look like for shooting because I've never worked on a Drew Barrymore project. Like, she's someone who is a talent but also has enough production knowledge to know what's an achievable amount. So, like... In my heart, because I love her as a human, I would love to think that her shoot days are all eights or tens. (laughs) I have no idea because I've never worked with her. But, like, she's the type of person that could make those decisions. She is the lead and she is also the producer. So, like, anyone who has that much industry knowledge can look at something and be like – I want to make sure like my on camera time is only 6 hours. If my on camera time is 6 hours, that means camera's usually rolling for 8 to 10 hours, which means the crew's there for 10 to 12 hours mm-hmm. and that's livable. Yeah. Which again, it's insane to say that like 12 hours is livable. But, but that is compared to what we've been doing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, this is so fat. It's so cool to talk to you about this because of the fact that you you are so ingrained in this and um it's cool to have your perspective um from, it's it's kind of a different perspective I think than we've we've had from some of our other guests on here because like yeah. not only are, have you are you talent uh, but you are also the person. Who, like consistently has been making it happen for mm-hmm. other people yeah. yeah, and
2: you have like a completely different view like you have the the whole view speaking of you let's get back on the subject of okay. you we do a thing every episode we ask our uh, guests the same five questions in a segment that we call these are five things I'll edit in the audio for that. oh cool yeah. I was yeah. like that was fun wait nothing happened <laughs> <I> know <laughs>
1: this is my favorite bit when we do like when we like do this and then they're like what's happening and we're like Ha-ha-ha. I'm on the edge of uh, my seat (laughs) it's uh these are five things and nikki with the first question yeah sure what's what's your biggest influence in like comedy in in creating
0: uh the mighty (laughs) boosh made me want to do comedy oh hell yeah i always wanted to basically just do that show (laughs) just steal the whole thing yeah um you can't so (laughs) i'll figure a workaround at some point but i would say that's probably one of my bigger comedic influences um I don't know if there's, like, one person that I identify with. Like, you know, at our theater in particular, People, a lot of people are, like, obsessed with Bob Odenkirk. Right. Or right. obsessed with, like, The Whitest Kids You Know. There's a lot of people whose stuff I love, but I don't think anything, like, really, like, formed who I was or changed who I was, like, The Mighty Boosh. Gotcha. Did. Yeah. That's um, a great yeah. pick, though. Yeah. And I can
2: really see that. Like, I can totally yeah.
0: see that. When I was in school for fashion design, like, my senior, like, thesis collection to graduate was a Mighty Boosh inspired collection oh god do you still um, have
2: that like can I
0: see I it I have photos yeah I have like illustrations of it oh, I mean I'd it's love to see it this. was like a lot of spandex and fringe <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> very on
0: brand for the Mighty Boosh and oh, for yes. myself yeah um So yeah, like they've, in all of my creative endeavors, they've played a big part. That's really Um, cool. So, uh, so question number two, what was
2: your, what has been so far your worst moment in comedy and then your best moment in comedy?
0: I mean, worst moment in comedy, oh, there's probably two. One was I fucked up a line in a very famous show and I like fucked it. It was like one of those moments where like everyone's talking in the scene and I'm sitting there going, "Mm," in about three lines, I say something. I have zero idea what that thing is. Don't know. It's going to come to me and I am going to have no words to utter and you're just waiting for them to look at you and and be like, (laughs) I don't know what's (laughs) going to happen here. Um, So that one was pretty bad. Uh, Bennington Grant, who is my teammate and very funny, like, Pivoted it and basically said my line for me, which was very nice of him because it got us back on track. I think yeah. it was, I think it was a crucial line that led to like another thing, oh, not just yeah. like a throwaway. So yeah. he got it in there, and I was like, oh, thank you. That's yeah, okay. Now I remember what I was supposed to do. <laughs> um, the other one was uh, Maria Felix and I were producing a show called Love Pactually, but she is oh. also in production, and we were on the same actual job, <gasps> and it was a very hectic job, and oh. so we did not have the like time or mental energy to put what we needed to into the live show that we were producing. For free. Mm-hmm. And I I think at the end of the day the show is okay, but like in my mind it will always be like a fucking train wreck because Thankfully, everyone involved was, like, very talented. And I think they just – I think we rewrote the script up until we went on stage. Oh, yeah. I Like, no one was prepared. I had to write myself out of the script at the last minute because, like, I didn't have enough time to build the tech. So I was like, I'm just going to run tech from the booth. Someone else has to take my line. Like, Aww. it was such a cluster. Oh, I don't think anyone would have known it was bad. But, like – it, it's one of those things, like, when you think about it, like, my insides go cold. Oh, yeah. Like, this yeah. was bad, and I embarrassed myself, and I don't think it played that badly right. On to the audience, and I don't think this, like, at the end of the day, I think the inner, like all the performers loved it and had fun, yeah. but it will always be, like, my huge shame of, like, oh, God, like, that was just bad. you was just a real bad thing. <laughs> no coming back from that. Um, best thing, uh, playing uh, SF Sketch Fest it was probably one of the best. Yeah. That's like yeah. a very triumphant moment. And like, <gasps> you, like we did all our best sketches. Same thing with uh, Austin Sketchfest. I might have actually enjoyed the show I did at Austin Sketch Fest more. But there's that, like that rush of like knowing you just like fucking destroyed the stage. Yeah. Yeah. And like the pack has a very specific style. We are very like balls to the wall and very messy and very mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Yeah. And going to other venues where they're not used to that people lose their fucking mind. Yeah, And so like, I I remember at the Austin show, there was a sketch where I had to like, normally I smash a glass into my head, but we didn't wanna travel with breakable glass, like Mm. the breakaway glass. So instead I was just gonna dump a beer on my head and people thought that was insane like I had like 20 different people he's like you just poured a whole thing of water on your head and that was I was like yeah I did that's not that intense but yeah. I'm so glad that you're impressed I watched someone fuck a cake on stage yeah. Yeah. this is
1: nothing I was like that's
0: like a Tuesday sometimes I just do that because like, so like that moment of like wow you guys just like blew our minds and you're like um that's probably one of those like peak moments where you're just like yes like I went out there and like minds were blown.
2: Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah.
0: Hype up a friend. Oh hype up a friend. Yeah maybe
1: somebody um somebody you just really like love or
0: perhaps somebody you'd like to see come on this
1: podcast. We will follow up
0: with them by the way. I I would assume that everyone I would say has already been on that like Marcelina Shavira. Has she done it? Yeah. Yeah uh, yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying to think of who's like got something in the works that I want them to like fucking take off oh, and i marceline yeah. is like the one that comes to mind immediately cuz yeah. she's yeah, got a lot of momentum right, right now, now. Yeah. And I just want her to like fly away and then put like stay. <laughs> like, don't don't leave us. Just do well. Yeah. Um, that's probably that's probably the one I got. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I yeah, know yeah. for sure. Hype up Marcelina. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you have been a producer, you've mm-hmm. done live sketch, you've done a lot, but I'm curious, like like what's something that you were like, This is what
0: I, I I'm working towards. This I, I wanna, wanna do, do, do this. Yeah. Um I want to host a show. I think, like, like actually be like a host of a variety type thing. Ooh, Um, okay. Or have like a running like sketch show that's like run by me and like I pick the people and like. You think live televised? I mean, I love live. Yeah. Um, I would love to do televised because that's like what matters. In the long R- run, like right. it's filmed well, you have something to show people, you can yeah. share it to friends and family, and they can actually watch it. Like, I've in pandemic, I've watched a lot of our live sketches, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is unwatchable. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a great show. It is really terrible to watch live sketches on a video. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. they're from the corner, mm-hmm. you can't hear anything because people are laughing. Great problem to have, but like. <laughs> Live is the is, – or, like, digital is the way to go. But I don't have any of those skills. So, like, I don't own a camera. I don't know how to edit. I don't have a mic. Like, the live show is the more achievable thing. And you get such a high from a live show yeah. that you yeah. don't get yeah. from digital content. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. um, I'll always be a live baby. Like, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Hey, what advice do you have to somebody who's maybe just starting out or is in the midst of doing comedy?
0: Um, okay, my advice is going to be so generic, and it's be fucking nice. Be nice and helpful. I mean, like, I've seen so many teams where, like, someone who was a writer who wanted to become a performer, like, was helpful and, like, carried the weight of, like, other things before they became a performer. And, like, because they were invested in the team, people were more, like, likely to give them opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, like, sure, it'd be great if you just had opportunities. But, like, there's only so many out there. And if you're someone who's helpful and, like, enthusiastic and, like, kind to people, you'll get those opportunities. And I feel like a lot of people have said that over and over again. Like, there's... 100,000 very talented people in this city, like Mm -hmm. just cripplingly talented. Yeah, Some of the most talented people I know are absolute cunts, and Mm. I do not want to work with them. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how talented they are. I know someone who's like almost as talented as as them and really nice to be around, Mm -hmm. and that is the person I will work with forever and ever and ever, and the person that was unpleasant. I was like, I don't – What we do is too hard to be around miserable people or people who are, like, a dick to you or, like, cruel and, like, or have too much ego. And, like, there's a difference between knowing your worth and having ego. And, Mm -hmm. like, know your worth always. But, like, don't, like, like, run roughshod over everyone else because you think you're the best person in the room. Yeah. Because you're not, the. you're never, the. no one is ever the best person in the room. Right, Everyone yeah. in that room is just as good as you and if you're miserable to be around, no one's going to want to be around you and give you opportunities. Yeah, Janine, thank you so much for thank coming you for on. Having me. Yeah,
2: us. thank you so much for being here. This was so yeah. much fun
0: and uh, it's yeah. so nice to see people again. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so great to see your I wonder, face. I wonder when we're going to stop saying that, when uh, we're going to finally never. have seen enough people to be like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm used to it now. <laughs> mm. Every
2: interaction I'm going to start with, oh my God, it's so good to see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Can I touch your face? Oh, no, I can't. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Also,
1: not only thanks for coming on the podcast today, but thanks for everything that you do. Oh yeah. Um, not only you know as a as talent and what a great performer you are, but also what you do to make it possible for other people. It is so invaluable and it is thankless, and I thank you so much you. from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, thank for... both of you.
2: Oh man.
0: Oh, we're no, a bunch I'm... of women that get shit done. Yeah, get oh, <laughs> get shit done. No, you
2: you really get shit done. Like yes. work, like working with you at the pack was very inspirational. You are a, you are a very like. Like, just a very solid human being. Thank you, and right? I think you're amazing.
0: Thanks, it's like my whole brand. Thank you. Very solid human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dependable, like a Duracell battery. <laughs> <laughs> um, the important thing is, like, I take care of everyone else and not myself. So, like, Aww. you know, I, you can't, I, I can't haven't can't unpacked from my move, but like, you know, yeah. I've also like produced a show and like done eight other things oh that are not important for my daily life. I'm like, oh, I can't find pants. <laughs> <laughs> They're in a box someplace, Jenny. Unpack your box. <laughs> I know that's my goal for next week, guys. I'm taking a week off. Oh, good. Okay, so we're gonna unpack too. some boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And take some time for yourself. Yeah. So care. All right. Well, thank you thank again. You. Thank oh you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This is lovely. I can't wait to listen to it. Hell yeah! yeah. Like five times. <laughs> <laughs> well, that
1: was
2: very informative and very lovely to talk to Janine. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's there's so much about the production side of things that i like i've never worked production before. Oh. Hearing about those days, that is it blows my mind. Yeah. 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 Uh it it definitely
1: like it makes me so sympathetic to like anybody who works in production or you're like oh my gosh like that. <laughs> that is so much. Yeah. That is so much. And it's not like you can like it's not like working an office job where you're like, oh, you're working all day, and like maybe you can like still write on the side. Like you're working all the time. It's like your whole your yeah. whole thing. It's
2: tough. It's tough. It is tough. But you know, what? it's not tough. <laughs> <laughs> leaving us a review on Apple <laughs> podcast
1: yes oh we have the best raffle oh I mean they're all going to be the best raffle but we have the best sort of raffle yeah. sitch happening this month you leave us some stars
2: and a review but you have to leave the review because otherwise we won't know. Yes. that's what we see we see the review the stars don't count you need to leave us like a words it's
1: the words the yes. words leave us the
2: words look it can be a bad review we don't care i mean we do i mean but it would be nice if it's if you're listening to this i'd imagine if you got this far (laughs) it would be a good review but maybe you're hate listening and that's okay too just advertise (laughs) that it's a fun hate listen yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyways look the the
1: raffle this month is uh is jackie johnson's uh, oil your oil it, your, oil ass, your what, ass, ass oil
2: ass oil ass it's oil. uh kooky it's like kooky southern ants ass oil
1: yeah and also you can you know check out the patreon for the period podcast network come and support underrepresented people in podcasting and um otherwise thank you so much for listening
2: yeah lots yeah. of ways you can contribute but listening is definitely one of them so we appreciate you
1: yeah hmm
2: hey Hmm. keep crushing
1: it
2: (laughs) comedy girl crush was created by Nikki Urban is edited by Kate Siegel is produced by Kate Siegel Mackenzie Mizell and the Period Podcast Network our music is by Rena Hundert and our artwork is by Ariel Alter